Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12, 28. We are talking about the, the ministry of gifts. The ministry gifts are offices that God has set in the church to edify or build up, teach, encourage, strengthen the body of Christ. That's the purpose. The purpose for the gifts is not so that somebody can go running around calling themselves a prophet um, or calling themselves an apostle, but it's so that people can identify gifting and then function in their gifting. And it's also so that we know that there is a certain grace or a calling that is put on certain people to function in a place in the body of Christ. It's important to know what you're called to do so that you can do it. So to be able to do it, to fulfill the will of God, you need to know what you're called to do. And it's our goal or our ambition to be pleasing to God. And to be pleasing to God, so it's not seeking a title or a position, it's uh, seeking God himself, that intimate relationship with him, staying close with him, and then doing what he wants us to do. So Jesus said that he was not here to do his own will, but to do the will of his Father in heaven. And that that's what he did. That's what he said and he did, is he did what God wanted him to do. So he wasn't running around doing his own thing. It's very important that we don't run around and do our own thing. If somebody runs around and does their own thing, the body suffers because it means somebody's out of place. Just like somebody throwing out a knee or an elbow, and then they go to try to play tennis, it's not quite as easy. You see what I'm saying? Because there's a joint out of place. So it's important that we learn what we're called to do, we do it so that we're pleasing to God, and, and we fulfill the call of God on our life. We want to stand before God in heaven and have him say, I mean, he can do it here also, you know, through his spirit, tell us, you know, well done, thou good and faithful. Okay, we want him to say that to us. So there's a lot of good works that we can do on this earth, but they're not necessarily the things that we're called to do. And we want to identify what are the things that we're called to do, that we're graced to do, we're gifted to do, we've got the talents and the ability to do. God said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work unto which I have called them. In other words, God places the calling on people. We don't call ourselves. We don't decide you know, what we're going to be when we grow up. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, you're not just deciding what you're going to be when, you're, when you grow up. It's, it's, it's given to you by God what you're called to do. That, there, that there's a work for you to do. There's a purpose and a plan for your life, for you to fulfill. And so this course is set up for us to just be able to help identify and separate some of those gifts and those offices so that we can see them clearly for what they are and, um, and, and then understand how they're supposed to function to help the, help the body of Christ. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 12, 28. It says, And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps. And that's what, that's what we're going to talk about tonight, helps. Now notice in the very beginning of that verse, it says, it says, God hath set. God hath set. God does the setting, not man. Even when I pray over who's supposed to do what in this church, usually God will tell me who's supposed to do it. I mean, I'll just, I'll get it, I'll know. I don't just place people, I don't just walk up to somebody and randomly, well, you know, anyway, unless we really need help in certain areas. <laughs> Unless we're desperate. 
Actually, and that's usually because the person that God asked to do it has said no. And so then at that point, then we need to still be able to function. And then I, and then it's just whoever's willing, you know. But God has a plan, but it doesn't necessarily mean that people are always going to be obedient, right? So if they're not obedient, then we need to make things work anyway. Okay, so, but, you know, and then we just keep standing and praying for people. Okay, so, anyway, but... Who sets them in that place? See, I don't just decide, I like so-and-so, so so I'm going to ask so-and-so to run this department. No, it it doesn't work like that. Ew, that even nauseates my stomach. That's not what this is about. It's not about who you like or um, anything like that. It's about wanting to fulfill God's will. Wanting to have things set up in such a way that God's running the church, that God's running your life. You don't just decide you're going to go on vacation to Tahiti because you feel like it. You know, yes, it's good to take vacations, but we go when we're led. You you, you know what I'm saying? And you you want to be in the perfect will of God. You don't just take off because you feel like taking off. The goal is to obey God, right? We're to obey God. We're to be pleasing to God. We want to do God's will. When I was just on the trip, I had I had a lot to get done in four and a half days. And I was outside of this store, and this lady came up and just volunteered to help. And I thought, how? Not only that, I had so much stuff that I had to bring home. She offered to load it in her van and follow me, this person I didn't even know. And I thought, this is incredible. This is just really incredible. And as I started, I mean, I didn't need her to do that. We were able to get it all to fit. But as we started talking, she got saved. I had so much to do, and in my mind, I'm, I'm kind of going, click, 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 time, 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 time. I'm on a limited time frame, and I just stood there, and I thought, you know what, Lord? You're more important. Your stuff's more important, and as I'm willing to be willing to be used by you, you'll make everything else work for me. And so I just stood there and ministered to her, and she's, she'd been... She married a Jewish person, so she converted to being a Jew, and um, but has been seeking God. And she stood there in, in the parking lot, and she cried, and I started crying. And um, she'd been um, date raped, and we just prayed for her to be healed. And she just, just started just pouring out. Just she had such a hunk. She was spending three hours a day re- either reading the Bible or um, listening to the Bible on tape is actually what she was doing. Hunger for God, but still didn't know she was saved. She didn't know how to do that. How do I know? But how do I, how do I know? How do I know? How do I know God's real? I'm like, I can tell you right now that you pray this and you'll be saved. You can know for sure. I can tell you right now you will know for sure that you're saved. If you follow the word, I said, here's a scripture, you know, Romans, uh, right here in Romans. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you just believe, it's as easy as that. She stood right there and prayed. It was such a joy. It was such a joy. But I had to be willing to lay down my schedule for God's. But what a precious person she was, willing to help me like that. What a precious person. What a a joy. That was so much fun. Okay, anyway. So God has set some in the church. God has set. God sets them. We don't call ourselves. We don't set ourselves. God sets us. And so he talks about these different offices. They're they're. They're offices, they're graced, they're set by God, they're appointed by God. And in here is the office of helps. So I want to talk tonight about the office of helps. What does it mean to be in the office of helps? Um, somebody that helps in worship is in the office of helps. Somebody that is a, is a deacon in the church is in the office of helps. They're functioning in helps. 
help, it's a very, very broad category, but there's a grace and anointing on it to do it so that it's done unto the Lord so that the body is edified. And, and if we were, that word in Greek is actually translated, that word helps, um, it's a helper or a reliever. So something that's making, making the job easier, making everything easier. It's a real wide category, that term. Something that would be similar to that or parallel. Those who show mercy. So somebody that's merciful. So somebody that would be ministering to the afflicted and the needy would fit into that category. And then also, in, in ministering, that we're, we're to wait on the Lord. And even the apostles were waiting on the Lord. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? In our ministering, let us wait on our ministering. Uh, in Romans 12, 7, what does that mean? It means to be successful in whatever office you're called to function in. To be able to minister effectively, you will have to take time to prepare yourself and to wait on God. Some people are called to the office of helps, and they stay in that office their whole life. That's what they're called to do. Some people are called to be in that office and then sometimes to transition into other offices. So sometimes people are being trained until they function in what they're, they're eventually called to do. When I got saved, I knew I wanted to pastor. I don't know how I knew other than I just knew. I just knew that I knew that I knew that that's what I was called to do. But it was not till at least 12 years after that that we started pastoring. So from that point, it was just training. It was serving in churches and serving where God led me to serve. I still knew what we were called to do, but it was just serving in, in a helps capacity so that, that the church would be edified. So that I worked as a children's worker, and then we worked running Bible studies out of our house. You know, just lots of different things like that, just serving and serving and serving and then getting trained and then and then eventually doing what I knew we were we were called to do. Yet yet we were still led and called to step into these other places, but in my heart I knew that eventually I'd be doing something else. But it doesn't mean that we start there. Office of Helps can be a training opportunity, an opportunity for you to really learn how to function, how to flow, how to be led by God, an opportunity to serve. And as you're you're faithful, God rewards faithfulness. He does not reward offices. Somebody that's called to be an apostle or an evangelist or whatever uh, will have the same reward as somebody that's called to the office of helps if they're both faithful to what they're called to do. So a lot of times the world's thinking is that the, the more loftier a position seems, the greater the reward, but that's not the way God's system works. We're all servants. Every one of us, we just serve in different ways, but every one of us are serving Christ. At least we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to be running around doing our own thing when it's necessarily convenient or easy, but we're called to be serving Christ. So we all are serving the head. None of us are supposed to be just doing our own thing. So we're all servants. Even Jesus himself was serving God. And aren't we thankful that he was here serving God, doing God's will, and willing to go on the cross for us, willing to be obedient to the point of death for us, for our benefit. He served God and he served us. By, by following God's plan. And so we're to be following God's plan. But, there's, but sometimes it takes time to wait on him to get trained. So even though you say, well, I know I, there, there's somebody right now that I know that you know, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet, is what they're saying. Well, where are you serving? Are you serving in the body of Christ? If you're not really serving in the body of Christ to run around and, and, and put a label on yourself, maybe you are called to be a prophet, but unless you actually do something with the gift, that gift is not really going to bloom. It's not going to come into its fullness. You may be called to do something, 
but it, w it will and can remain dormant in you unless you get trained and equipped and you, you use it and you function in it. Most of the people that I've known that have been called to do big things don't really go seeking after, after titles. And sometimes if people are real title conscious or throwing titles around a lot, sometimes it can be a red flag. Like, you know, why, is this, why is that name so important to you? Why is that title so important to you? You know, watch some things where people have gotten into some air because of that. It's not so much, but it, but it is important for you to identify what he's called you to do. But be careful if people are really seeking after titles and throwing names around and titles around like that. It's, it's a warning sign. You know, why? There was somebody recently that was, somebody was coming to this church and then they were going to another church and, and then they came to us and they asked us and they said, the pastor is now calling himself an apostle and, and all the people that are running home groups, you know, apostles, they're all apostles now and he's an apostle and, and this is what he's teaching. You know, I want you to come and teach what it means to be an apostle. Well, they were running Bible teachings and Bible classes, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they were apostles. You see what I'm saying? It's like, why is it so important for somebody to be seeking after that kind of a title? That's a red flag. It's a warning. Um, another thing that this word helps is, is used for in a, in a way that, that we can see that it was functioning through the scripture would be something that we would call now, in this day, a deacon. So the word that's translated helps also is meaning like a deacon. So in this word is used in Philippians 1.1 1, 1 and in 1 Timothy chapter 3. And it's used about Phoebe in Romans 16.1. And there it's translated servant. So it's somebody that helps, somebody that serves. The, the deacon's ministry in the early church was um, often they were connected with taking care of the alms or the, the tithes and offerings. That's somebody functioning like a deacon or somebody in the office of helps. And it is a divine gift from the head of the church. It is not just something that somebody does out of natural business ability. It's, it's a divine gift to be able to stand in a place to help in those kind of capacities. And then if we look in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, it describes the appointing of seven men to serve as deacons in the ministry of helps. And we can see that in there, it well, why don't we turn there? Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. And then we're going to look at what it says about Philip. Acts chapter 6, 1 through 6. So you could see that they, get, they gathered people together and the word of God was being neglected because they were having to serve tables. They were, they were serving women food. They were serving food, which is a good thing to do, and they wanted to do it. But at the same time, those that were called to be preaching the word were starting to end up neglecting the word because they were so busy in what we could say, not necessarily here, but administrative work or hospitality. There's lots of needs in the body of Christ, but those that are called to minister the word really need to be freed up to be able to minister the word, which is why the ministry of helps is so important, because it helps everybody to be able to function in their place. By everybody taking hold and helping with what they're called to do, then everybody can function the way they're supposed to function. So it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. So in other words, they'd been doing so many, so many things that they were neglecting the word of God, and yet they were called to study the word and teach the word. But select from among you, brethren, seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. Do you see that even in doing this, it wasn't like, oh, well, it, it doesn't matter what they know or who they are. All they're doing is serving tables. No, they were saying seven, seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom. 
to be serving the tables. In other words, they wanted people that were called to be servants here. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. See, because everybody's blessed when everybody's able to stay in their position and function where they're called to function. So then they found Stephen. Anyway, so we can see that Philip started out in the ministry of helps, and he was helping the apostles to wait on tables so they could give themselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And then eventually, God moved him on to become an evangelist. But he didn't start out functioning as an evangelist. He started out serving in a different capacity. Now, Stephen started out in the ministry of helps, and God used him in a mighty way. And then the, the other men that are you know, men, mentioned in the, in the passages there, it, it appears as though they probably continued in the ministry of helps because we don't see them moved into anything else. So the ministry of helps is an office in and of itself. I know recently we were praying for people in a prayer line, and, and we were praying for people that really had, had a call, that really knew they were called to serve God, and same, somebody came up. And it was very interesting. I could just had this awareness of their heart's desire to serve God, a very, very genuine awareness. And, and, I, and, and they said, I'm willing to go anywhere. You know, I'll preach anything. I'll do whatever God calls me to do. But I just had this knowing in my spirit that they were called to the office of helps. They had this willingness to go anywhere or do anything, but their, their office was a supportive role in coming in and, and helping and serving. It's, it's an office and it just a knowing in my heart that that was God's call on them, that it's a very real position in office. Now, it's important to know that just like these other men, even though we don't see them mentioned anywhere else, if they were faithful continuing in the ministry of helps, they'll have the same reward as those that moved into different positions because God does not reward the position. He rewards faithfulness. In other words, did you do what God told you to do? Were you faithful in doing what he told you to do? We don't, see, because everybody's graced. See, this is why God knows how to weigh all these things. God gives, okay, look, we could all have me stand up here and sing. I do not have the same grace that Evan has. Do you understand for singing? You, you see, I, could I do it? Eh. Okay, now I'm not putting myself down. I, I mean, I, I have different gifts and abilities. So it's identifying what you're good at and developing that and using that to serve God. Okay, but so people are, are graced and, and gifted in different areas. It's finding out what you're graced and gifted in. That's why we did the prayer lab class to help you guys pray through some things and identify some things. Now, the same reward, and you just need to remember that so that nobody gets seeking after titles, but you just need to understand it's faithfulness. God rewards faithfulness, 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 faithfulness. Also, we see greet Priscilla and, Aqu and, and Aquila in Romans 16, uh, verses 3 and 4, who laid down their own lives for the sake of the gospel, that they were helpers in Christ Jesus. This is talking about helps ministry. They were laying down their lives to serve in the gospel in the furtherance of the gospel. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us, in Romans 16.6. Helps ministry. These are people that were helping the ministers and helping the gospel to go forward by helping ministers and serving Christ. Now, another thing in, of the ministry of helps is the music ministry. And what a blessing that gift is. It is an anointed ministry. It is anointed. It's not just something that somebody does because they're talented. It's very interesting. Talented people can play musical instruments and may even be able to sing well. But when somebody is called to the office of helps, there is an anointing that goes with that call and an anointing upon them.
as though God like puts his spirit upon them, rests upon them for the blessing of the body so that that anointing goes forth from them, breaks every yoke, ministers life and healing. Uh, it is a gift from God. It's a gift and an office from God. We don't set ourselves. God calls us. And then we want to we function where God has called us. Now, God can use talented people if they'll consecrate and use that talent to glorify him. There's a big difference between somebody that's talented and somebody that's anointed to stand in that place or in that office. All right, an example of the ministry of helps in, in music would be 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, where Elisha called for a minstrel. And he said, bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus saith the Lord. So the minstrel's playing his musical instrument was a help in the prophet getting into the spirit. Okay, now we see that as a scriptural example here. And, and the hand of the Lord came upon him means that the Holy Spirit moved upon him. It doesn't say that the music hindered him. It says that music helped him. Helps ministry. It's a helps ministry. And the same happens on Sunday mornings when, when we have church. A lot of times people have just woken up and they come in and that music ministry gets people ready for the presence of God and for God's Spirit to be able to move. It helps prepare their heart to receive the Word of God. It's a, it's a tremendous blessing. And I can tell you this, there's a very big difference in getting up to minister without having worship first and getting up to minister when you have had worship first. It is much easier, if the worship is good and anointed, to minister after somebody has done worship first because the people's hearts are prepared. And there's an atmosphere, a tone set, there's an anointing that's gone forth. And it's like you just step right into that flow, right into that anointing, and you can flow right with, and with the anointing that the worship leaders had been flowing in. Whereas just standing up here and then starting to minister without anything, you just start. And so it's much easier to minister after there's been worship. It's why there's worship a lot of times. I remember somebody saying to me, what time does church start? And we talked about it. And then they said, oh, so you don't really have to go because, you know, the first half hour is just music. So it really starts at, you know, they're saying half an hour later. That's when it really starts. Just somebody not understanding the importance of worship, but just somebody's concept that had just was newly saved of when it really starts. But once you've been in in the Lord's house and you know him, you know how much that ministry blesses you and prepares you for receiving the word. And that that anointing breaks yoke. Sometimes just while people are worshiping, they're set free. Just through the music ministry. Here's somebody that's a prophet. So you'd think, wow, okay, well, they've got, they're a prophet, but they were still calling for uh, 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 somebody that would lead them in, in worship with a musical instrument. Still calling for somebody like that. They needed help. They wanted help entering into the presence of God. Do you see that? Do you see how it's kind of like the, the, you know, the offices are like fingers on a hand and which one's most important? I kind of like them all. I really don't want to go without any of them. I want all of them. They're all good. They're all, and they all work together. Oh, if you're missing the thumb and you try to pick something up, that'd be pretty tough, right? They're all important. So it's important to know that whatever office somebody is in, or stands in, I want you just to remember that it's God rewarding faithfulness and obedience, not titles. But the reason why we're going to go through some of this is to help you identify things 
so that you can identify gifts that you may have so that you can know where God's called you to function in the body of Christ so that you can fit in your niche and fit in your place. Because when you're in your niche and in your place, it is so wonderful being in the perfect will of God doing what you're called to do. There's such joy and heart contentment knowing that you're in the exact place, the right place, the right time, doing the right thing. There's just great contentment in that, in knowing that. So God rewards faithfulness and obedience. So we're not to get caught up in a, in a am I a this or a that. We want to be able to flow with God and yet identify gifting so that we can function where he wants us to function. So in the rest of this course, we're going to go through and we're going to look at what is an apostle? How do you identify an apostle? What is a real apostle? What does apostle mean? Actually, apostle means a sent one, called one of God. The word missionary is not really in the New Testament. It's really an apostle. So missionaries are really apostles. They're sent ones. It can also be somebody that's planted more than one church. They're sent ones. If they plant one church, they're pastor. If they start planting more than that, obviously anointed and called by God to do it, not just doing it themselves, um, then that's an anointing office of apostle. But it's primarily a sent one. It's a missionary. They're sent ones, sent with a message. And we're going to look at the prophet and teachers and pastors, and we're going to go into all of these and look at these. God gives the gifts. God sets them in their place. And then we're to function as God calls us to function in those places. And they're all important. Some start in helps and stay in helps. And some God, you know, moves into other things. But every one of those areas of serving are very, very important in serving Christ and fulfilling the call of God that's on your life. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at over the next couple weeks is how do we identify these different things and what's legit and what's not and how do we know. So we're going to look at those. So you got two books for this class. Everybody did. And then Evan and Sue have one that, they're, that we need to. All right, that's it. We're going to stop right there for the night.